When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's whenever you're listening to this, and you know what that means. It's the it's time for even the Wrestle Wolf Wrestling Week on Wrestling Wrestle Wolf podcast. Anyway, I'm your host, Dr. David Gibson, DMD, and joining me is the man that when he speaks, the neckbeards listen. It's the King of Marks. It's Paulie T. How you going, man? Jeez, man, you came up with this name yourself. You should realize you should uh, should know how to say it. Come on. There's too many W's. I, it's gotten too convoluted. It's the wrestling week on Wednesday by WrestleWolf. I don't. <laughs> I've got to come up with a snappier title, like the week on wrestling or something like that. Mm. Mm. Anyway, well, this is something, this is a conversation we should have Sling. off, off yeah. air. <laughs> hey, um, what, what? Has what what have you been watching? What's been going on wrestling wise? Oh look, uh only only the uh the the, the standards for me. That was Dynamite mm. and Rampage. But um I'm well aware that there were a, a few other little gigs happening around the place. Uh in particular. Um Should we start with this? Should I'll start with a rant about the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Is that what we're gonna do? <laughs> well, no, that's not what not where I was going. I was gonna go. Oh, okay. Gonna mention the Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, what? Yeah, what? Okay, what's that? Which is a, um, a PWG uh, annual event, right? Where they um, invite uh, indie wrestlers and those who are allowed to wrestle for other promotions hmm. to come on in, and the ultimate winner was Daniel Garcia. Yeah, so, wow. Yeah, that dude is being pushed to the sky. I think, um, I, I know you're not blown away by him, but I think in ring, his technical wrestling is, is really good. <clears throat> he's just, um, I mean, he's just so young. He's what, like 19 or something? Oh, I think he's 23. You sure? I thought he was like young, young, like even younger than the Pillars young. Right. Um, I'm sure that was the case. Let me just quickly oh, yeah. have a look here. See what the old Googles has to tell you. Daniel Garcia, American wrestler. Well, that's good. I'm on the right track. Doesn't say his goddamn birthday. Why? <laughs> Is he so young that it's not legal for him to <laughs> wrestle in AEW? This is just brilliant content. 22. Really 22. <laughs> He's 22 years old. So I was wrong. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> More right than you. Um, Brian Danielson may be showing up in PWG soon, if the rumours are correct. Well, I'm not not aware of those ones. The last time I uh, saw him do anything was uh, facing down um, our old friend Mox. Yeah, what do you think of that storyline? Certainly got legs, I reckon. That could um, that could fill a program for uh, for a couple of months. How do you book that though? Mm. Does Mox stay because of the rehab and and kicking alcoholism, all that kind of thing? 
<clears throat> Mox has to be a face, right? And then Brian is the heel. Oh, look, <laughs> those two guys are um, incredibly creative, and they could they could put together a program uh, in either direction or neither direction, and just yeah. blow the house down. That's true. Uh, just because the plans were to turn Mox heel. So I, uh, just in relation to that, I don't think, I don't know if it would be a great, I mean, I don't think anyone would really care, but I, I think just to be sensitive, they're probably going to leave Mox as a face for the time being. <laughs> or, Let's you know, the closest thing to a face okay. that Mox does. Yeah. I'm, uh, uh, by the way, uh, I'm, I'm enjoying uh, slowly going sort of, chapter by chapter through uh, uh, his book. Um, it's uh, unsurprisingly not particularly um, uh, c- connected. The, the stories aren't very well connected. It doesn't have a sort right. of a, um, uh, an overarching theme. It's just a collection of different, you know, tour bus stories basically uh, to this point. But um, they're, okay. they're, they're pretty cool. And, um, you know, he's an interesting dude and he's uh, very passionate. Yeah, I'm going to. I'll let you know uh, what chapter I get up to next week. <laughs> Does he, has he, so it's not autobiographical in the sense of like you know, a timeline. It's just like a rant, like one story he'll be in WWE and another he'll be in GCW, that sort of thing. It skips around a bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Has he, are there any, is there any dish dishing on WWE? That's pretty much the only reason I read wrestlers books <laughs> is to find out what's going on backstage. No, not 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 to this point. Um, the only one that only story that really jumps out was um, when he was um, trying to push this angle where he would be. Um, he he set up this um, faux feud with Mick Foley, um, basically um, uh, uh, berating him for um, causing all these. Uh, um, starry-eyed young kids, massive injuries because they wanted to uh, emulate his crazy feats, and um, and they said, "Yeah, it's all it's all your fault." Uh, and th- the idea was that um, he was, you know, this was during one of his one of his returns when when um, when uh, Ambrose at the time um, was. Uh, looking to was it was sort of about to come from uh, FCW developmental into into the uh, main roster, right? Yeah, um, but um, they had to they had to kill the whole the whole thing because uh, Foley was never cleared because of his concussion uh-huh. history, um, which is interesting um, when you consider how uh, Danielson uh, or uh, um, Daniel Bryan, even when he was, um, he, he returned to the ring and, um, and edge on oh no, edge was really more in neck, neck issues, wasn't it? Yeah. But it all seems similar types. I mean, uh, yeah, Brian, Dan- Brian Danielson was, was concussion, but supposedly he went and got his own doctor because WWE's doctors were like, no, you're not cleared. And then he went off and saw other specialists and came back with a clearance and then WWE relented. But I would imagine that if that story is correct, that WWE would have put a contract in front of Brian saying that we legally don't accept any obligation. (laughs) You know, that's like, I don't know that for sure. I'm making that up, but I feel like that's the kind of thing they, they may do, especially if, you know, he'd been. It must have been pretty bad for WWE to to put one of their biggest stars out to to pasture, right? Yeah, I I would love to know what um, what was really happening in the background because there are um, just simply because he he was he was denied clearance for so long, and hmm. then suddenly. Oh, I'm okay to come back now. Yeah, and the like, work that he's doing in AEW, you would never know. 
No, you know, absolutely. They're, they're not protecting No, 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 him he's not. He's not protecting himself at all. No way. No, 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 no. He's not not pulling not, not pulling any any moves. He's not he's not playing not uh, you know taking he's taking every bump. <laughs> mm. He's he's not uh, he's not protecting himself. He's not he's not doing not out there, you know, looking like Miz or anything. He's going hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, speaking of Miz reminds me, I'm just going to get this out of the way so then we can just talk AEW. Um, I was watching, I watched Raw Rumble. I actually wasn't going to and I got talked into it. And um, it's not like I don't have a big rant or anything. I don't even really have anything particular. To, this is not going to be a Brian Alvarez type, you know. And then they do this and, because we all know what the problems with WWE's booking is. If you know what the results are, you can see what the problems are. So Ronda Rousey won the women's one. And Brock Lesnar, who had already wrestled earlier in the night, won the men's one. Uh, besides Shane McMahon uh, eliminating Sami Zayn and uh, or maybe it was Johnny Knoxville that eliminated Sami Zayn, but Shane McMahon eliminated Kevin Owens. <laughs> Paul is shaking his head. He looks so upset. Um, uh, it, 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 you, you, if I was writing a piss take of the results they they would make it more humorous. Mm-hmm. Like it's oh, oh fuck. I don't Yeah. Like you imagine the worst thing that you could put the worst way you could book this show and they did it worse somehow. Yes, yes, yes. Uh and then like I was hearing Alvarez speak this morning that Lesnar's gonna be in the elimination chamber as well. <laughs> so he either wins that and becomes champion and then they don't protect Roman Reigns or he loses and they don't protect Brock Lesnar because the main event of WrestleMania is going to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. And every other pay-per-view for the next 25 years. Yes, yeah. Well, yeah, you sent me through that uh, CM Punk tweet that was pretty hilarious. He doesn't hold back, Phil, at all when it comes to the WWE. But mm. anyway, the most offensive thing about it, man, was that it was so boring. Mm. It was so goddamn boring the wrestling this is my new bugbear whenever i watch any wwe stuff is that the in rim work is dull it's really really dull and and right now their roster is pretty thin on the ground with good wrestlers you probably got ray mysterio aj styles Sami Zayn, seth rollins maybe you know of like good technical in-ring wrestlers at the top of the card what about and then everybody else who's, Finn Bella? who's in the Finn, Finn Bella, Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, but they're all mid card. Like the, the, all those guys. I mean, Finn, I suppose Finn was in the main event like three, four pay per views ago or whatever. But he wasn't even in the Royal Rumble. Right, they're not even being featured. No, uh, it was just so dull and monotonous. Like I, I, I watched it with a mate of ours, David, who hasn't been on this podcast but was on our previous podcast. Blah blah blah. And uh, he was like, man, just come and just watch it with me so we can hang out. And I was like, okay, fair enough. I will. I'll put all of my <laughs> all of my resentments to one side. And, um, like, the first match, which was Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins appeared in the Shield outfit with the Shield music playing and came through the crowd. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. And it was probably the most interesting thing in the pay-per-view. It just... Went rapidly downhill really quickly and then just was at this low hum of boring for four and a half hours. I just, I don't, what I don't understand more than anything is unless you're someone who doesn't watch wrestling at all and you just sort of come in and you watch a Rumble or you come in and watch a WrestleMania, maybe you could put up with watching this stuff. But it's so long. And it's so boring. Nothing happens. There's no short-term storytelling. There's no long-term storytelling. None of it. None of it matters. Nothing matters. Like this is Bruce Pritchard booking 101, where one minute it really matters if someone has a belt, the next minute it doesn't matter if people have a belt or not. Paul Heyman is the manager of Brock Lesnar one week, then he's Roman Reigns' manager the next week. It just. It was a real. Dull slap in the face. <laughs> I I didn't watch, uh, not surprisingly, um, but I did. I did see a lot of um, passionate opinions being 
uh, shared. Well, and, I went um, onto Twitter, sorry to jump in, but I did jump onto Twitter after um, after I said goodbye to Dave because I just wanted to see what people thought because I was very of the mind of like, God, that was boring. And I kind of got a few shrugged shoulders. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I'm right. <laughs> so I just wanted to go on Twitter and, and see what people thought. And they were obviously, the vast majority of these people were WWE fans because why would AW Marks even be watching it? And it, there was just a lot of like real, it felt like real criticism of like, this was really boring. You know, I just wasted four hours of my life and nothing has happened. Like no one was pushed in the rumble. Anyone who should have been pushed like a Kevin Owens or a Sami Zayn or even an Austin Theory were not, you know, like they've been pushing Austin Theory for two months. It's Vince McMahon's sort of like apprentice kind of thing, uh, Padawan. And then he comes in at number three and is eliminated like three entrants later. Right. Just none of it makes any sense. Like it really does not make any sense at all. Look, a couple of um, interesting comments that I, that I remember reading were uh, one was that um, somebody said, geez, after watching that, I promise that I will never take AW for granted ever again. <laughs> like, no, yeah. Well, it, it really, you know, I've said this to Matt a few times where it's like it almost should be compulsory to watch half an hour of Raw every week as an AW fan and then go and watch Dynamite and Rampage. You know, and like, <laughs> you know, I know a lot of um, review shows are reviewing against AEW's show the week before, but man, the difference in quality of storytelling and in-ring wrestling is worlds apart, worlds apart. And, and, and I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can because everyone who listens to this podcast knows we're essentially an AEW podcast hosted by two giant AEW marks who have real problems with WWE. But I... I was going into this with the idea of like, well, you know, it'll just be a nice afternoon with a good mate. And it was, but WWE had nothing to do with that. <laughs> like there is no redeemable feature. There's no way. David and I will never speak of this rumble ever again. There's not one thing besides the fact of how boring it is. There's not one thing. You know, there's always some moment that you can point to. It's like, oh, well, there was the Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks match at WrestleMania, or whatever it might be. Nothing. There was nothing, you know. They're at the point where they might as well have four wrestlers on the roster, or five, three in the women's division and two in the men's division because that's they're the only people that they book. Uh, and it's really, really weird. And even then, man, they don't even do that well. So... Anyway, um, just while we're on other promotions, then I think we'll just jump into the AEW stuff. I watched the rest of the world on GCW. Still great. I will say I feel like I, I worry about maybe throwing criticism at GCW because it might be the most rabid fan base on the face of the planet. <laughs> but um, it, I just felt like by the end it was maybe a little bit too long. I know this is my criticism of everything, but it went for about three and a half hours they probably, or well, I think it was three hours on the dot, actually. They probably could have cut it down to two and a half and it would have been a 10 out of 10 pay-per-view. It just kind of dragged a bit. I probably dropped down to like an eight out of 10, seven out of 10. But um, the Matt Cordona-Joey Janela match, mwah. Yeah. Brilliant. Just Matt Cordona's doing amazing work. And um, it was interesting to see Joey Janela in a different environment where he obviously feels much more comfortable and looked like a much bigger star in GCW than he ever did in AEW. So it's weird, weird I how that can happen. I haven't heard um, uh, anything new about his status, have you? No. No, I, I think the for all that talk that sort of came through of like uh, people's contracts lapsing, there is a – I do remember hearing about a tiered – there are, there are tiers in contracts with AEW, so they mm -hmm. go from like level one to level five. I think level five is essentially like you're fully contracted. You know, like CM Punk is on a level five contract. He's not wrestling anywhere else, blah, blah, blah. And if he was too, he'd have to speak to Tony about it, that sort of thing. Um, and then I think it drops down to like you're essentially an independent contractor kind of thing, like a real independent contractor <laughs> when you're on level one. So just because your full-time contract has lapsed with AEW doesn't mean that you won't still 
work for them. It just might be a change in their contract status with the company. So um, I can't. Yeah, it's weird with Joey Janela. I, I, I don't know. They don't do a lot of hardcore stuff on AEW, and I think that's where Joey really shines. Um, I mean, they do. I know they do. I know they do, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, but I haven't seen him do. Put, put, I'll rephrase it. I haven't seen Joey Janela do the types of matches that he does in GCW really well on AEW. Yeah. So if they were going to give him a second crack, then I would, you know, I don't know, start. Well, you don't have to start a division to appease Joey Janela, but just have some more Joey Janela-type matches for him. Well, look, talking about hardcore matches, why don't we just jump into it? Um, this uh, Dynamite episode was bookended by two very physical, and this, and they said the you know, the latter one was definitely a uh, you know hardcore match, lights out hmm. with uh, Cole and OC. But wow, what a what an introduction to the evening with uh, Cody and and Sammy. With that ladder match. Yeah, man. Th- this match 100% uh, put both of these guys over for me. I mean, you know, I I really, I I loved Cody and then I went off Cody and now I'm loving Cody again. Yeah, I'm loving Cody. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sammy's never really blown me away. I, I don't hate Cody. Uh, I don't hate Sammy by any stretch. He does things in ring that are just phenomenal. But there's something about his character that doesn't really quite stick with me. But this match was... Amazing. And then the booking of Sammy winning both the two belts, Sammy two belts, yeah. um, was interesting to me. I, I was 100% sure that they were going to put those belts on Cody. but Totally, yep. Um, I love it. I love being surprised. Yeah, but it's always in a good way. It's always in a good, safe way where you're like, oh, holy shit. Well, yeah, no, that's cool. It makes sense. It all checks out. Sammy's one of the pillars. They're going to push him. Yeah, right, great. Yeah, look, I agree. I really thought it was going to go back to go back to Cody, and then was just like, "Oh, yeah, good on you, like it." Uh, now, did you happen to see Cody's post-match interview that wasn't on Dynamite for some bizarre reason that they put out on Twitter, where he was talking about? working uncontracted in AEW at the moment and he doesn't know what's next for him and all that kind of stuff. Oh, wasn't that the the, the speech that he did in the previous week? And no. No, this was after this this was after the Sammy match. Ah, right. See, um I did I did see a grab of that, but I didn't watch the video because I thought it was just referring to I thought it was gonna just play the thing from the, the previous week. So no. What what do you have to say? Uh, <clears throat> or maybe maybe I'm completely wrong now, and it was, but, but I don't remember seeing the week before because <clears throat> there was a the dirt sheets were making a big deal out of it that you know he was essentially saying that he was working uncontracted uh, for AW and he didn't know what his next move was going to be. But oh, he, okay. you know, he always refused, like he's refusing to turn, like he'll never turn heel because. Oh, yeah, that was, that was the, the, the speech that he did in the, in the ring for the. No, the this wasn't week. in the ring. This was backstage. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, when I, when I did see those little uh, comments um, mentioned, I thought a lot of it was to tease the fact that he might be appearing in the rumble because he was saying, ah, oh, I'm not, I'm not contracted, so yeah. You know. <clears throat> um, so you I'm, think it might have just been to fuck around with people? A bit? Well, that's what he's doing mostly. Yeah, point. yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> Quite possibly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's uh, it's an odd one. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they just retain him and and just extend it? Like uh, he's getting he's getting great heat, mm. um, and. Uh, He's he shows when he does when he does turn up and and you know doesn't disappear for the the go big show or whatever other projects he's doing that um, he can he can match it with the best of them. So yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know what's going I, I, on there. Yeah, I, I feel it's hard for me with anything to do with um, Cody now to not think that it's a work. Mm. You know, it just feels like everything he says is like, well, I don't trust you. <laughs> I don't, and it's also like I can't imagine that one of the four EVPs we're already at a stage where there's contract 
problem negotiation problems between yeah Cody and and Tony Khan. I mean, surely I'm not saying that those guys deserve a blank check, but surely the four of them, even just on their performances in ring, if they're asking for more money, you give it to them, right? Like, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> the four of those are still the four. They're the four foundation four foundation pillars of the company. And Cody's doing his best work. So if he's asking for more cash, just give it to the man. Absolutely. So I did I mention the um, the other book in the, the the final match of the night. Mm. Lights out match. I mean the um, there were a bits that there that were a bit a bit goofy. Um, but uh, aside from those uh, I really, really enjoyed watching this match. Um, very, very violent, uh, and um, uh, that there were a couple of spots that I, I, I thought, I thought maybe they were going to be my spot of the week. Um, maybe when uh, Orange uh, took uh, took on uh, Adam Cole's Panama Sunrise move, mm-hmm. uh, then. Uh, there was another one where uh, Orange Cunts. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, R O C. Orange Cassidy <laughs> hit his orange punch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, <sighs> that's <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, that's anyway. the that's the trailer moment that I'm going to cut out and put on <laughs> Twitter <laughs> for people to hear this week. Yeah, anyway, Orange Cassidy is the Orange Punch, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, and then reeled in agony because uh, Cole had been attacking his hand and it was uh, it was bruised and bloodied. Mm. Uh, there was another move where uh, Cole hit um, the uh, uh, slammed uh, Orange Punch, uh, <laughs> Orange Cassidy. Oh dear, Orange Cassidy threw the um, the through the table at the go position, and uh, so yeah, that um, looked like it hurt. Jerry Lynn and yeah, Jerry Lynn and um, and uh, Tony Khan had to scutter, get out of the way quickly. Did you notice that Tony Khan just couldn't help but get his face into the. Into the, <laughs> just like kept getting his face into the screen. It's like, get out of here. Anyway. Then I thought maybe no, maybe not them. Maybe 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 the spot of the week was the the senton that that Sammy hit, um, which was um, kind of uh, evoked a lot of memories of uh, our old pal Jeff Hardy hmm. uh, from a fifteen foot ladder onto Cody lying on a. Um, on a on a on a ladder resting on the um, onto the guardrail, and it did not move. He just, uh, was just yeah. slammed down. Truly terrified for both boys after that spot. <laughs> they both popped back up. I was like, okay, yeah. And I thought about all those, and I thought, no, nah, no. Nah, the spot of the week was the cutter. Oh yeah. my god, what a thing of beauty! <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it, my girlfriend Kelly got up off the couch. She just happened to be in the lounge room. Was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> when she saw that spot. So, um, yeah, amazing. I'm a little disappointed in us though that we've gotten 27 minutes into this podcast and have completely buried the lead and have not mentioned the debut of the greatest wrestler of all time, Donovan Danhausen. <laughs> <laughs> What a what a brilliant way to introduce Danhausen to the world as well. Uh, I love the references to Hornswoggle and the ridiculousness of Danhausen's character. That he lives under the ring, <laughs> <laughs> and it was attached to Adam Cole's chair that he was going to use to pummel Orange Cassidy. Immediately puts a curse on Adam. Uh, Adam Cole <laughs> and then Mr. Burns it's Mr. Burns it's uh out of the out of the arena. Um I, I just again it was like you know that sort of bad faith WWE mark takes that you see on Twitter where immediately people are like, Who's Danhausen? Never heard of him. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but you're the same guys who were like when Punk and Brian 
debuted, they were like, oh, they're just ex-WWE guys. So literally it doesn't matter what AEW does. It's shit, right? Like, um, anyway, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, and I know you love Danhausen as well, so I don't want to hog all the Danhausen chat, but um, <laughs> I have been calling for this for two years. So, uh, Tony, we know you listen. Thank you. Thank you for making this happen. Now, if you could just sign Warhorse as well, I'll never bother you for anything ever again. Um, <laughs> that's not true. I, I'm, I, Keith Lee. Uh, so, um, <laughs> so, but yeah, what did you think of it? I mean, it was short, but. Well, unfortunately, uh, I had that moment spoiled <laughs> because um, oh, I, no. um, I uh, follow um, uh, Danhausen uh, on uh, a, a Facebook group or Facebook, his Facebook profile. I think it was his. Um, I assume so. And um, I just happened to happen to look down and they go, oh, Danhausen is all elite. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but I would prefer to be surprised while I'm watching it. <laughs> yeah. AW you really bad for that, especially on Twitter. I just, if you... Stay off Twitter until you've watched Dynamite or Rampage oh, because they, they will spoil it within minutes of something happening. Yeah. It's crazy. But it was okay because um, um, I, I, I got like deep into the broadcast and was like, oh, but it, it hasn't happened yet. What's going on? Where is he? And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah. <laughs> I'd get, I, yeah, because I, I had gotten to the point where I'd sort of given up. Well, not given up because I knew he was going to show up at some point, but I, I just was like, well, well he had a know, broken leg. Yeah, he's injured and um, pretty bad injury as well. So, you know, it, it won't be maybe the next pay-per-view is when he'll show up. Um, and <laughs> to show up like that, I yeah, I can't can't describe to you guys how hard I fucking popped uh, for that <laughs> moment. Um, Orange Cassidy, Danhausen tag team, is that? On the cards, it happened in the indies quite a bit. All oh, right, uh, I think they're they're good friends outside of the ring, so just keep an eye on that. I think that could be that could be the most ridiculous and awesome tag team in the history of professional wrestling. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we, I don't know if we we had a failed prediction. Well, yeah, it is a failed prediction. We, I, I was predicting that Wardlow would turn heel in in the moment with CM Punk this week. Turn face. Uh, turn face, sorry, sorry. Um, we're talking about CM Punk and I just get excited. I completely forget what I'm going to say. Um, I enjoyed all of this. I thought it was a really good segment. Um, I was wrong. Wardlow didn't turn face, but, it, man, it really did look like he was going to there for a second. Absolutely. Um, I uh, was disappointed yet again because um, I really thought that um, uh, Puck was going to be uh, a member of the House of Black, and that's what they tease. And then he was not. And then this this week, I'm like, oh, I think I really need to stop pre- predicting things. Uh, Punk really sold that beatdown. Sold it really, really well. I thought. Um, uh, from Wardlow. Uh, from the from the pinnacle that came out and beat him de- with MJF and oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Sorry, it's just starting to blur into each other. Is that story, which finally, um, it seems this week is going to come to a conclusion. Yeah, is that too soon? I, I mean, I would quite happily watch MJF and Punk keep going, but I, I think it feels like the natural conclusion is this week, right? Well, um, I had thought that uh, the the value of this match should be um, should suggest that it uh, should be delayed until the next the next pay per view, hmm. uh, which is still a few a good few weeks away, three or four weeks away. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's been a while already. Maybe it's, maybe it's you know going to lose steam if they don't just hurry up and do it. Or you know they could they could do a, a multi match program so we'll see. It could be a beat down and a couple of weeks off. Hey, um, type uh, thing. Just to jump back uh, to a different uh, uh, topic that we covered a moment ago, I was looking for a comment that um, I'd read a few days ago, and I thought this was great. This is a um, 
uh, a tweet that I saw someone put out about Danhausen. He says, Danhausen is such a low-risk, very high-reward signing. He's not a guy you need to plug in the main event. Give him segments. Have him wrestle on your mid-card and watch the money pile to the ceiling oh, from the yeah. merch he sells. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, he's been doing it for himself for the last three years. Yep. He is, um, uh, uh, he's been promoting recently that um, on uh, ProWrestlingTees.com, uh, they put out this list of um, all wrestlers, uh, excluding those who are signed to AEW, all wrestlers who um, uh, are like the highest ranked uh, according to their sales. Hmm. And it was um, the highest, followed by El Generico. So I thought that was pretty strange, considering that's um, that's a dude that's uh, employed in WWE, but he's still selling El Generico merch. Yeah, wow. Do you reckon that's been signed off by WWE, or he's just? I mean, WWE wouldn't. They would not own El Generico. He's never used that. I guess so. Yeah. In WWE. So. Yeah, Sammy seems like a very smart guy. I'm sure he's probably had it all checked out and was like, fuck it, I'm just going to sell El Generico's shirts and earn extra cash. Absolutely. It doesn't say Sammy Zayn on it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Clever dude. Um, yeah, I mean, Dan Housen, it's like I would want to see him and Orange Cassidy uh, in title pictures. I can understand the argument against that. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. You know, just have Dan Housen around and being funny and entertaining. <clears throat> it elevates the programming, and you're going to sell millions and millions and millions of shirts. You betcha. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have a couple myself. Um, yeah, I almost bought a second one this week. Um, I've got to – I've really got to watch <laughs> my spending habits. Uh, we've talked about rankings and, and, and how AEW is sort of telling those stories a lot at the moment. And uh, I, I still really like it. I really like that it exists, but I think there's been some flaws with it. We talked about Jade Cargill and, and win-loss records last week, and then something has sort of caught our eye this week that Red Velvet is the number one ranked woman in AEW right now. How does yeah, that happen, Paulie? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I uh, I heard this during commentary, and um, and and this was to uh, the, the, the the guys at the desk were talking up the match against um, Layla Hirsch, which stank, by the way. But anyway, yeah, um, it really uh, did. <laughs> it really, really did. And uh, I just like what number one contender <laughs> when you've got. Um, uh, Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander, Ruby Soho, Nyla Rose even. Um, uh, you know, of course, um, uh, Hikaru Shida, Serena Deeb. Hikaru Shida is injured at the moment. She's gone back to Japan. Um, well, Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb, absolutely. Thunder Rosa. Um, oh, well, yeah, God. <laughs> I can't, doesn't even need to be said. I mean, how, how the hell... <laughs> Red it's Velvet, what a curious case Red Velvet one has been. Contender, right? I mean, have uh, uh, I don't know how hard I want to go here, but have we seen a good Red Velvet match? I uh, uh, no, no. And I, I don't like criticizing people overall for their wrestling ability because I've never done it, and you're a thousand times braver and more talented than I am to even get in a ring, let alone you know, an AEW ring on national television. So with all those caveats out of the way, I don't uh, – I how long does AEW keep booking someone who was obviously a replacement for Brandy Rhodes? Interesting. <laughs> Interesting viewpoint. Um, well, she was. that, that They put her – because Brandy was meant to be wrestling with Cody Rhodes against Shaquille O'Neal and Jay Cargill. Ah, right. And then Brandy got pregnant, and all of a sudden they brought Red Velvet up from the minors to ah, tag pregnancy. with Cody. You've got to be careful. You can catch that easily. Yes. <laughs> this is a, talking of a man with experience. Um, <laughs> but she just sort of has – so for a couple of months she was genuinely like with Cody and part of the Nightmare Factory, and she just seemed like a surrogate 
Brandy Rhodes and they just continuously keep trying to push her. And it's the same thing with Nyla Rose where I just like, you guys are not, I haven't seen any improvement in a year. And I, I don't, you know, like at what point do you have to say, well, maybe you need to go hit the road in the Indies for a bit and then come back to us in a year or two and we'll talk. I'm surprised that um, their um, segment of the of the roster that includes a lot of uh, seemingly experienced Japanese girls haven't been given a good push. Hmm. Um, maybe because they're they're home because of the of the virus. Yeah, um, I don't know. If that's Kenny's the case. not around, so supposedly Kenny was booking the women's division. I, I don't know whether he's not doing that but it doesn't seem like he's around at all at the moment so mm. that, that could be the issue but then people were complaining about the booking of the women's division when kenny was around so <laughs> who knows look yeah what we want is to see Britt baker defending the title and wrestling more on tv at uh, we've got i've got <clears throat> a stat here saying that she's only defended the title nine times these yeah since they, she became another, champion another thing the um other thing that was mentioned on the on the broadcast uh, on on this week's dynamite nine defenses now yeah. um, i i'm going to have a stab in the dark and say that she's probably been the champion for six or seven months yeah something um, like that <laughs> so She's only defended the 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 the, the, the title, uh, well, you know, l- l- less often than once per month. So let's find out if this is if this is true, just or real, quite. I assume while you're doing that, I, <clears throat> I assume there she's not defending the title every week because she's a heel. So they, you know, she's not going to John Cena it and have an open challenge when she's a heel champion. But you don't have to defend the title every week, you know. I would just like to see her wrestle more, even outside of if this is true or not, that there's only 247 days. Yeah, wow. Um, so, yeah, six or seven months, that's that's about right, I suppose. Is that? Yeah. Yeah, seven months. Um, thereabouts. Hmm. Nine times, yeah. I, uh, I'd like to see more defenses. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I'd like to see more women's wrestling, but um, you know they could choose their uh, choose their talent a little a little better. Yeah, a little bit. It's just all over the place who who's who's being pushed and put on TV and who isn't. I, I mean, to me, the 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 stars are Britt Baker, obviously Thunder Rosa, Serena Deeb, Hikaru Shida. Uh, Ruby Soho uh, and Chris Statlander. Chris Statlander, yep. And, and so you've got six main eventers there and you just have them rotate around, you know, and then slowly bring younger, you know, you've got like Sky Blue who they um, signed recently, have her, you know, in six months' time, have her feud with one of these guys and then elevate them. I mean, it's the Paul Heyman technique, man. You Riho's, just sl- slowly introduce... Well. Sorry, man. Riho's up there as well, but she's um, yeah, Riho, she's, yeah, she's, yeah uh, absolutely, yeah. She's, but, she's got a collarbone injury at the moment, so should we have a little bit? Just putting like, and I suppose that's kind of just putting Red Velvet and and uh, Layla Hirsch in, in essentially what was the main event when no one's really following the story, no one's really that invested in either. I mean, it would the crowd was so dead while that match was happening. It was the first time in a while for an AEW show for me where I was like, oh god. Yeah, that that should have been a dark match. Oh, absolutely. I don't even know if I would have watched it on dark. Um, I criticise JR a lot. Uh, That's kind of a staple of the show. I haven't recently because I think they've been doing pretty good stuff. How how do we think the commentary team are going at the moment? Look, I don't know what's happened, if anything uh, intentional or deliberate has has happened, but um, I've notice that there is a real sense of um, uh, smooth delivery and mm. they're, they're really gelling and uh, the, the comments are, are not 
um, goofy or, you know. They're, they're, Snide. No, no. <laughs> um, and um, or, or just um, rid- ridiculously, you know, um, you know uh, uh, speaking the obvious, you know, over the top, just, you know, you know, uh, speaking down to the viewer basically because you're explaining exactly what you're looking at. Um, mm. And, um, yeah, they've, they've really, really stepped up their game. Yeah. I mean, them, the commentators and the referees are at their best when you're not really noticing them. Yeah. And I, haven't, and I haven't noticed the commentators in the last couple of weeks. I think that's testament of them doing really good work. Yeah, it's just been the odd occasion when I hear that, you know, Brett's only, def- Brett's only defended a title nine times. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, but thank God for Excalibur, you know, putting that sports, you know, putting that real sports commentary sort of thing into into AEW. I really love, I love Excalibur so much, man. I, I just think he's, I think he's the best commentator in the world right now. Hey, I've just been scanning through the um, the women's roster, and I reckon uh, uh, adding to that list of seven <clears throat> uh, main eventers, um, I would probably go for Ty Conti. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe Jamie Hayter. Yeah, Jamie Hayter's got potential, definitely. Um, and the rest need to work. <laughs> yeah, those two guys that you mentioned. I mean, they're people that you could bring up later on once you've established those six or six to eight stars, and then you bring up some younger talent to work with them. You know. Speaking of stars. We've got a whole bunch of WWE, well, they're not WWE anymore, ex-WWE stars who were released three months ago, so their 90-day non-compete clause ends tomorrow. Um, Tomorrow, Australian time, today, your time, America, if you're an American listening to this. Anyway, we're speaking to you from the future. That's what we do down here in Australia. I'm going to really quickly read off the list of people, and I'd just be... Interested to see where the conversation takes us as far as do we want to sign any of these guys for AEW? Um, if we do, how would they be used? And then but, we could probably wrap I, up from there. I've got a bad feeling that I'm going to say, who is that person for okay, every single well, one? <laughs> let, let's go through them and we'll see. I think there's a couple that you'll that you'll um, recognise. So first on the list is Carrion Cross. Are you aware of Carrion's work? I'm aware of what he looks like, but I've never seen him wrestle. He was, he's good. He's a big beast of a guy. He was made, Hunter was huge on him, made him NXT champion, was NXT champion for a year, went straight up to the big leagues, and they basically dressed him like uh, he worked in a sex dungeon um, and then was released three months later. Uh, I, anyway, Carrying Cross is number one. Keith Lee is number two. Uh, Mia Yim is number three. Ember Moon is number four. Oh, yeah, Ember Moon, I've seen her. Uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr., so that's the British Bulldog son who uh, was a, a, is a top prospect, did really good stuff in New Japan. Uh, Oni Lorcan, Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado, so that's the guys from Lucha House Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Eva Marie and what? Nia Jax. I thought she was sacked like 10 years ago, even Marie. She came back and they've sacked her again. <laughs> uh, and the greatest in-ring worker since Brett the Hitman Hart, Nia Jax. Um, <laughs> is, there, is there anyone, is there anyone uh, that AEW needs to get their hands on <clears throat> in that list? Well, I, I, I'm not keen for anyone in the roster to be seriously injured, so no Nia Jax, thanks. Hmm. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, what a trail of destruction that woman left in <laughs> wrestling career. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, me personally, I think Keith Lee is the big stand. I mean, it, there's a kind of duh factor to this, but Keith Lee, I know you haven't watched WWE for, what, two years at least, right? Mm. Two, two and a half years. Keith Lee's stuff in NXT was phenomenal. He's one of those wrestlers that just has, um, like, Mick Foley or Daniel Bryan, he just gets over. The crowd just love him, like adore him. Um, and I think having a big beast of a dude who is also African-American on the roster for AEW, it ticks so many bites. Like the, just get him on. Just, just sign him, get him in, that's it. I don't 
know if anyone else in that list needs to be signed. I, I'm not sure um, what kind of work Grand Metalik was putting in, uh, but I would like to see a bit more uh, of the um, Lucha style. Mm. Uh, well, not faction per se, but um, section of the yeah. uh, the roster to be expanded. Do you uh, want to see a old school Nitro cruiserweight division open every Dynamite? Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who, who have we got at the moment? We've got, obviously, uh, the Lucha Brothers. Um, yeah. uh, and there is um, Sammy's friend. Who is just a jobber? Oh, Fuego, Fuego de Sol. Um, <laughs> uh, there's a dude that is wrestling with. Um, oh, God, what's the? There's a. There's, an, there's Andrade. Uh, he's, is he? Would you call him a lucha wrestler? I guess so. He's Mexican, but I mean, <laughs> is that is that his style? I mean, he doesn't wear yeah. a mask, I suppose. Well, no, yeah. I mean, technically it's not Lucha, but his style is when he gets the opportunity to actually wrestle. Yeah. Uh, so the uh, the wrestler I'm looking for, uh, I'm just scanning through the list at the moment and I'm going to find him real soon. Ah, there we go. Luther in the Chaos Project. Who's his partner? Ah, uh, Serpentico. There we go. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty threadbare, isn't it? Considering that um, AEW seemed to have a really good relationship with, with AAA. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I'd love to see more AAA wrestlers on AEW and vice versa, but who knows? I, Karrion Cross is a big star. I think if Karrion Cross debuted in AEW, it would get a lot of traction uh, with wrestling fans. But... Uh, there's also the lack of space. There's only so many. There's only so many wrestlers that you can sign. Um, yeah, and to be able to feature, I mean, they don't they don't feature um, every member of the roster. There's only a, a small a small minority that actually gets to gets a lot of uh, airtime. And um, uh, for the for the others, uh, if they're not in those high tiered contracts like you described before. Then uh, you know, I guess they must be looking around for indie gigs because hmm. they, you know, got to pay the rent. I think Ember Moon would be a really good um, fit for the women's division. I mean, we just sort of spoke about how there's six to eight main eventers in in that division, which is probably more than WWE now, which is insane. But um, if they were to pick up Ember Moon and then uh, Tori Storm, Tony Storm, God damn, <laughs> I do that every time. Um, I think they'd be both really good pickups. And you could probably leave it for 12 months with AEW as far as signing anyone else. Oh, look, there's there's plenty of plenty of content there. Actually, um, that reminds me of a um of a con of a con. Oh, unless that- you can get Will Offspray. Get, uh, to- oh, oh, for sake. Tony, Tony, Tony. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Will Offspray keeps coming to America and doing New Japan stuff. You should sign him and put him on AEW. He he was in um he was in the Warrior Wrestling Show with Brian Cage. Oh, no, yeah. I mentioned that last week, actually. Didn't I? So we, and that was like a week and a half after he headlined the um, Tokyo Dome. Tokyo Dome. <laughs> what a weird country, you know. Like, anyway. Um, so they're obviously, well, and, they're obviously uh, Jay White content. as well as someone else that AEW should pick up. Hey, he has been. Uh, very active, uh, putting out challenges for the um, United States title, the the uh, New Japan United States title, um, within the states. Like they've got a, they've got a. Um, I can't remember what the what they're calling it. They've got a particular, uh, let's say, sub promotion. I don't know. Um, yeah, so it's not the IWGP. US title, it's another right American title, right? Yeah. Um and uh I'm yeah, I I'm I'm with you there. I'm surprised that there aren't more conversations about Jay White. His promos are phenomenal. Mm. He's genuinely he's up there with MJF, I reckon, as far as a heel promo. He's got all the tools. Absolutely. Um 
yeah, God, I can't offspray and white. You, you, you've got to. Oh, look, I was going to mention a moment ago. Pick them up. Um, when uh, Adam Cole joined, um, he he did a lot of promotion at the time and um, uh, d- did, a, did a few different podcasts. A couple of them I, I, I heard or a couple of interviews and podcasts. And he said, he made this comment a couple of times. He said that with the roster as it is right now or right then, we've got five years worth of storylines. doesn't need mm. to change. We don't need to bring anyone else in. And I totally agree. They can absolutely work with the with the talent they've got, but um, and and I want to see I want to see new guys being being nurtured up and new girls being nurtured and and being able to train well and to show what they can do. Some some choices are being a, a little a little questionable as we've we've already mentioned, but um, yeah, uh, but. You know, you you balance that with the with the with the experience, and you've got a you had a fantastic promotion that's going to keep us happy for years to come. Yeah, but if uh, we if uh, we can branch out, so sorry uh, to I you know there's not, there there's, there aren't that many there aren't that many high class talents out there that are that are left that um, that they haven't already got. Um, yeah, uh, I I think people like um, Finn Balor and and um, uh, Kevin Owens, for example, um, they've decided. Look, my family. I've got to think of them. This is a great contract. This is a great gig. I'm going to run with it. Mm-hmm. Props to you. Props to you, dude. But wouldn't it be wonderful to see them in AEW? <laughs> I think it's only a matter of time before Finn Balor shows up. Yeah, I just can't. I can't imagine him at some point. I mean, he's in his late thirties now. I can't – I would suggest that the next time – they might even release him. WWE might even release him because well, they just don't use him. Vince doesn't like him. Little he doesn't dudes, know yeah. how to use him. He's a no. Triple H guy. Like all of those other guys besides Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have been released. Oh, Johnny Gagano is another one that's ah, around who will most likely come to AEW very quickly as betcha, well. You betcha. You betcha. He's very, very likely. Yeah, and all those guys are mates. All those Ring of Honor New Japan guys that all came up together, they're all buddies. So, uh, yeah, I would imagine that most of those uh, Bullet Club guys or Ring of Honor dudes um, will show up in AEW at some point. I can't wait. I can't wait. Put on a third show. Fuck it. There was a yeah, absolutely. Well, they need they need more. Um, they may need need more shows to be able to uh, give the the roster some time, some some screen time. Yeah. Um, hey, there was a um, there was a panel interview at a uh, Chicago comic exhibition. I can't remember exactly what it yeah, was called. Comic Con type. Yeah, thing. yeah, um, yeah. Um, and there was about six or seven uh, of the um, uh, AW uh, roster featured uh, on this um hosted by tony shivani and um there was uh, cm punk was there and um and uh adam page um and uh one of the one of the interview one of the uh, uh the crowd questions at the end was mm. um you know who, who would you like to to wrestle who isn't a current member of the roster and mm. um uh adam page said Danhausen. Oops. Um, and oh, wow. um, yeah, <laughs> so that's um, that 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 should be very interesting <laughs> to look forward to. That's for sure. Um, but, um, but 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 what, what I was really getting at was that um, uh, somebody then brought, next brought up um, uh, like, uh, are you looking forward to uh, to 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 wrestling Johnny Gargano? And uh, yeah, there was a, there were a couple a few a few members of the of the, of the the in the panel who was sitting on stage said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm keen to have a go." And then even even Ruby Soho was sitting there. It was like, "Yeah, I could kick his ass." So <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's on his way pretty soon. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. I love Johnny Gargano and the, the original NXT run. Johnny Gargano. Uh, I can't wait to see him. Like upbeat, uh, just a dude who is upbeat and happy and always a face and loves wrestling. Uh, that's um, I'm into that. I love that. Um, speaking of loving wrestling, I think if we keep going any longer, we'll probably drain people's love of wrestling. So we should probably wrap up there, my friend. There's another enjoyable uh, episode. 
uh, I think that's everything that we need to say. Um, if you right now, the best way that you can um, help us is by rating, reviewing us, uh, Apple iTunes store, um, good pods is a great place to do that. A uh, lot of um, people moving away from Spotify for good reason uh, at the moment. So yeah, jump on a good pod. So we're on there. Um, tell your friends support, you know, like we don't charge anything. There's no ads. We do this because we love it. So all we really want is for you guys to, tell your friends so we can do it for more people um until next time brother friends may your wrestling be good wrestling and good night his name